China now at 258 confirmed cases of this new coronavirus. And there are also now cases in four other countries. Six people said to have died from this uh, virus so far. What is it? Should we be concerned here in Canada? Let's welcome in 640 Toronto medical expert, Dr. Brent Belchitz. He joins us now to discuss here on Global News Radio. Doctor, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Pleasure to have you with us as always. Uh, just first of all, could you kind of define for us exactly what this coronavirus is and uh, why it's of concern? So coronavirus is a family of viruses. So, you know, we have many different types of viruses that are out there. And, and this particular one uh, ha- has a variety of manifestations. But the specific manifestation that we're looking at right now is a manifestation where those who are infected with this strain of virus are exhibiting severe respiratory illness. So we're seeing patients who are showing signs such as high fever, cough, difficulty breathing, uh, pneumonia that's appearing in both of their lungs. And what we're seeing so far among those that are infected is that a very significant percentage of them are uh, ending up in serious condition. And we're seeing a, a lower percentage of people who are getting to the point of being critical, and we're seeing a small number of deaths so far. So. Uh, certainly something that, that is very concerning, uh, especially, you know, we all look back 20-some-odd uh, years ago to around the time of SARS, and, you know, we all worry, could this be another agent like that? And so uh, as a result of that history, you know, we all have our, our ears open and our eyes out, uh, eyes open as well, watching out to make sure that this is not something as dangerous or as easily spread as that. Does it have the potential to be? Because SARS, of course, also originated in China back in 2002 and eventually killed 44 in this country. Well, it certainly has the potential, but the evidence to date is suggesting that this agent is not quite as infectious or as easily spread as SARS was. So we have seen evidence of human-to-human spread. However, you know, the initial outbreak isn't spreading as rapidly as the initial SARS outbreak did. Uh, the, the spread to other countries has not been as rapid. Um, there, there is a fair amount that we do need to know about this virus, still, so we're still in the early days. We don't know how long it circulates in the air. We don't know how long it can live on surfaces. We're, we're, you know, there's a lot of things that we're unsure about in terms of how easily somebody would catch this if they're in the same room as somebody with the infection. Whereas, you know, when we looked at something like SARS, if you were in the room with somebody who had SARS and they coughed and you were there, there was a very high probability you would get it. We're not as convinced it is the same case with this particular virus. You know, that being said, we are looking at an infection that does seem to be spreading fairly easily. Uh, we are looking at something that is exhibiting serious complications in a very significant percentage of those infected, and so we really should have our guard up. I think if we learned anything from SARS, it's that we should assume the worst, and uh, you know, only once we are shown w- with great evidence that the worst is not the case should we let our guard down. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of talk and a lot of concern, Brett, when it comes to the transmission of this uh, coronavirus. So what is the concern there? Well, the, the concern is, is you know, what we're hearing is, at least here in Canada, what I'm, what I'm hearing is, are, are we being um, careful enough? Are we putting in place enough screening measures? So, so if you look at some of the conversation that's happening out there right now at our airports, uh, all we really have is signs up that are advising travelers that are uh, coming into our airports that they should declare to a customs officer if they have uh, been suffering from a fever or respiratory illness or have traveled from that part of the world. And... The problem that many of us are really you know, worrying about with regard to you know, that set of precautions is that it certainly may not be aggressive enough for a couple of reasons. One, because 
Many travelers are just not honest about their symptoms or what their exposures have been. Many travelers, after a long journey, all they want to do is get back home to Canada or if they're coming outbound to visit Canada, they just want to get in. And so they, they may not admit these things that they might think would prevent them from coming in. But secondly, people might not even know that they're sick. So if we look at uh, you know what some of the other countries have done in the past around SARS or other respiratory diseases or other diseases in general to prevent them from spreading, they have had more proactive measures where they have proactively identified people coming from certain regions rather than waiting them for them to admit it. They have had infrared thermal scanners at points of entry so that if somebody is suffering from a fever, we don't wait for them to tell us they have a fever, but we proactively can identify it with those technologies. I certainly think you know we in Canada should be taking preventive measures like this. I think we should not be relying on patients to tell us because there's a very, very good chance that travelers either won't know or won't be honest. Meantime, I know the World Health Organization, they will hold an emergency meeting to discuss the uh, coronavirus. Joined by Dr. Brett Belchetz, our medical expert. And doctor, speaking of the World Health Organization, they also have recently come out with their list of urgent health care challenges for the next decade. Now, on their list are epidemics such as maybe this new coronavirus, also gaining public trust when it comes to health care, addressing the climate crisis. Is there one or two issues on uh, whose list, the World Health Organization's uh, list of urgent health care challenges that really stood out for you? Well, it, it certainly is an overwhelming list, and, and I think when you read it from end to end, it, it, you know, it, it's certainly something that would make you know, even the, the, the least anxious uh, among us quite concerned. I think for me what it boils down to is I think the things that we really have to worry about going into this uh, next century and, and over the next few decades in terms of you know, what are the health issues to worry about, one, it's about access to uh, good sanitation, so clean water, clean surroundings, good hygiene. Um, if we look back to previous eras, you know, several hundred years ago or several thousand years ago in human history, the vast majority of poor health outcomes were due to lack of clean water and lack of clean hygiene. And so we will have terrible outcomes as more and more of the world's population does not have access to these basic basic services. Um, but secondarily, I think there is a huge worry, and this really stands out to me, around what is going to happen with infectious diseases. So we're starting to see more and more easily the spread of these kinds of outbreaks, like this coronavirus, like SARS in the past, where even small outbreaks can very quickly spread around the world because of how much travel we see and how open borders are. And secondarily, uh, the other big issue that we worry about around infectious illness is the emergence of so much resistance to antibiotics. So we've been very lucky over the last century or so that most bacterial infections have been relatively easily treated with antibiotics. But there is a great degree of fear that we're coming to the end of that. And there aren't really any great imminent solutions for what we're going to do as antibiotics gradually become ineffective. Yeah, the one that's really stood out for me on the list was investing in health workers, because apparently there exists a shortage around the world of healthcare workers due to uh, what they say is an underinvestment in education and employment uh, coupled with insufficient pay. And according to the World Health Organization, the world will need some 18 million additional health workers by 2030, which obviously is not that far off. It's uh, only 10 years. Just give us your experience there on the uh, front lines, uh, Brett, when it comes to, uh, you know, we've heard about the so-called uh, hallway uh, health care and uh, medicine. Uh, is this something we desperately need in this country and around the world is investment in our health workers? Well, we certainly need investment in healthcare workforces. We certainly have shortages here in Canada. There are many parts of the country that have shortages of physicians, nurses, and all manner of healthcare providers. On the front lines where I work, I would say that we are constantly struggling to staff our departments with adequate uh, support staff, nurses, et cetera, for our departments to function. Um, the other big worry, and this is why I think this is actually a very pressing concern, is if we look at demographic shifts, we're coming from an era where 
the majority of the population was younger with a smaller amount of people that are older, meaning that there's lots of young people to draw upon to take care of those who are older and sick. But we're now approaching a demographic tipping point, especially in, in countries such as China, where you will have way more elderly population actually than young people. And so when there's very few young people, then you start to worry about who actually are going to be the people that are going to take these healthcare jobs that can take care of all the elderly citizens. And certainly that could reach a crisis point very quickly over the next few decades. Very interesting uh, stuff from the uh, World Health Organization. Again, they are out with their top 13 urgent health care challenges facing the entire world over the next decade. Our medical expert, Dr. Brett Belchest, with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Doctor, thanks for the time as always. My pleasure. Have a great day.